Welcome. You're listening to another episode of Amateur Hour, a professional sports podcast by people who have never played professional sports. I am one of your hosts, Max, along with your other host, Shreyas. And this podcast is brought to you by the Believe Network. Every topic, every team, everywhere. Hashtag, do you believe? Now, 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 without further ado, let us talk about sports. Amateur Hour! Welcome back, or welcome, everyone, to another episode of Amateur Hour. This is episode 97. Nine seven. We're three away from the hundo. What are we gonna do, Max? What are we gonna do? I don't know, man. I don't <laughs> think I can eat a hundred nuggets. <laughs> I got like 32, 36 out of fifty when we did. So for for those of you that don't know, for our fiftieth episode, we felt like we had to do something big, uh, and I tried to eat a fifty piece nugget. Uh, it didn't go well because they also gave me spicy, not regular. They did. So that was no. It tough. was a mix, right? It was like a mix. No, it was all spicy. It was all spicy. You asked for all spicy at the no, drive. No, I asked for all regular, and then Wendy's did the thing that they always do, and they're like, "Um, we only have spicy." Wait, is a spicy nugget not a regular nugget in like no, cayenne pepper? Different. Oh well, yeah. They just like it. It doesn't taste as good. It, it's so like could the, they not could they have unspiced it before like could they have like just been like oh we have all these regular nuggets let's not throw them into cayenne pepper i i think the way it's bread it's a different bread in like it's like a it's like the, the, oh. spice the bread in i got it, i got it. okay got anyway it. yeah so it was it was gross and then they got cold by like the middle of it yeah i had very little sauce we were trying to record anyway oh we could we could do uh we could do flaming hot cheetos <laughs> i've seen a hundred of those oh god all right i could do that <laughs> No, I'll do it with the other. We'll find. We'll figure out something. I don't know why it has to be an eating challenge, but we'll figure out something. Well, yeah, it's our little. It's our little like mukbang. Is that what they call them? Yeah, yeah mukbang. Yep. The amateur hour mukbang. All right, guys. Welcome. All right, ASMR. Well, I'm fired up, Shrey. Let's dive in with our first weekly segment. That is the weekly highs. The weekly highs. So uh, we're gonna share. A sports high and a personal high. And we're going to share a sports low and a personal low because we like yep. to keep things light and we like to keep things dark. This week, I have got the weekly highs for my personal high. And uh, judge me if you will. <laughs> but I'm a, for those of you that know me personally, I'm a big Call of Duty fan. Um, I'm pretty sweaty at the game too. Uh, anyway, I am <laughs> close to the Orion Mastery camo for this year's Call of Duty. And this is the first time, actually, besides zombies, that I've ever gotten a Mastery camo, which means, Shrey, I've put quite a few days of my life into this game uh, when mm. I have not been working, hooping, doing this, or sleeping. And, and that's how I flex on people. And I mean... Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I, I roll up to the club and I just say, hey, you guys can let me in without ID because I've got Orion. And they say, and you oh. Can't pay, and you can't pay your way through that, correct? That's no, all you can't experience. pay your way. It's all, it's all time. It's dedication. It's grind. No, so I'm feeling good. No. So those of you that play COD, um, yeah, I'm a sweat. My <laughs> um, sports high is uh, I watched a really, really good game, Trey. I don't know if you caught this. The Warriors versus the Bucks. Oh, yes. That, yes. To me, Steph Curry coming back, guys, just unbelievable. That three that, was to phenomenal. Me, to me, that game was like uh, like a title card fight. It was an underdog versus like, a top guy. I know Giannis was out, 
but that was still a crazy game. And that you can see just how deep the Bucks are when they were able to hold their own and go up for most of the game without their superstar. Yeah. I mean, they They're were scared. playing great basketball. Brooke Lopez is gross defensively. And like, like, it's like a good gross. Yeah, again. Um, all their role players, Bobby Portis, Drew Holiday is unreal, man. Yeah. That um, three, his three was crazy, too, over the outstretched arm of a defender. Man. And the Steph Curry defense on Drew to go into send it to OT. Oh, man. Bro. Man. I did, dude. That, yeah, that was I, a good job by the refs to not call that foul. Mm -hmm. I will give the refs credit there. So NBA refs Twitter, you guys pat yourself on the back. <laughs> that was great. So that game, that that was my high for the week. Um, great game, great basketball, and that's it. Shrey, bring us to the lows. <laughs> the lows. All right, I'll start with my sports low, and I want to talk about <clears throat> the Chicago Bears trading the number one overall pick. Why it's a low is that I'm afraid for Panthers fans. They gave up a lot. They gave up a lot for this deal. Uh, obviously, you do whatever you can to try to get that guy, right? You, The quarterback is the most important position. If you have a guy in mind and you want, you want him, you go get him, right? My concern comes with, and, and for, uh, for people who don't know about the trade, four draft picks and wide receiver DJ Moore who is who was the star, the the number one wide receiver for the Panthers at the time of this trade right so that's like four five you could even say like first round like high pick worthy assets going from Carolina to the to the Bears my concern is you get your guy now right say say they go after CJ Stroud right Ohio State quarterback he's considered to be the target for why the Panthers did this deal. But what are they going to put around him, Max? Right? Like, yeah. you give away all this. You give away <laughs> all these assets, right? You give away a second. Uh, not only your first round pick. You you uh, you swap that. You gave away your second round pick this year. You gave away a second round pick next year. And a first. Sorry, a first round pick next year. And a second round pick the year after. So it's like. You really have to win the offseason in terms of free agency on the offensive side of the ball because that was the key you trade away christian mccaffrey and you trade right. away right um, all these picks for the number one overall setting pick. yourself up right right the, Chris, the christian mccaffrey trade was to set yourself up for this offseason right right get a bunch of picks right you you look it looked like we're like hey we're gonna kind of rebuild a little bit let's sell him while he's high but yeah straight trading those things away or you know it's a lot of assets. More, it's a lot of assets, right? Now, I, I, unless they're going full total rebuild, which also we see in football, it's a little bit harder to do than like in the yeah. NBA, right? It's tough to get Still out. Still need of guys in the field, rebuild. right? And and if you have a bunch of like mediocres, right, you might just stay there because again, also too, you want to make your franchise kind of like a, a an attractive spot for yeah. free agents and for people in trades, right? Yeah. So if all you have is just kind of like a bunch of like middling assets and a bunch of picks, yeah. Like and there's nothing, no real, no real bright spot. And that's the thing so, we gave, we gave Panthers. Sorry, that's my last thing is we gave yeah, Panthers yeah. management praise with the McCaffrey trade. This kind of deal is like it, it makes you look at it and you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. yeah. What are you so doing? You, I, that's why I'm like, I feel like this is like a hybrid high low. Like this could turn right. out amazing. Like if CJ Stroud is the next big thing, this right. is huge for them because the quarterback will make people want to come. 
right? If the quarterback is good enough, if people like him, like they did with Justin Herbert, right? Justin Herbert became the next big thing. And you saw how many players wanted to go play in Los Angeles for the Chargers, right? So if that happens, like, that's perfect. Say it takes a little bit of time for his development. Your rebuild starts to take longer and longer. And then, yeah, you have cap space, but I think people you're going to have to like really sell on the cap space, like really sell on the money. You got to be, you got to blow people away with your offers to get people to come to Carolina because people will look at, okay, yeah, I can make a couple million bucks less, but I may be in a better location for my brand. I may be in a more winning situation and that I haven't won in in my career yet. So, so a lot of things come into play. So that's the, that's the key for the Panthers now. And it's tough to like really reel all those factors in and make them, uh, something you can control like there's a lot of confounding variables with that type of process uh-huh and i agree and it's a it's a small market right yeah yeah it's a small market they, they don't have name recognition they don't have championship history so that's tough right how would you get a player like say uh they go after somebody like a jamar chase right how would mm. you get him off the Bengals? where oh what do we what do we say t higgins because he he could want a new extension like that's, a could want a new extension. that's exactly that's exactly what it is how are you going to draw him out and make him want to come to your. It's gonna be have to, to be pure team. money. Yeah, it's gonna to have to be pure money because I don't see. I don't see what. It's gonna to have to be pure money, and they're gonna to have to sell him on whoever they pick, right? For the big wide receiver to come. Listen, you gotta have to listen, say, guys. CJ Stroud is the next thing. <laughs> You're gonna to want to play for this guy. All right. Did you watch any of his Ohio State film? Cause man, that guy can ball. Oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So I'll keep it as a hybrid high low, but that's my low uh, for for now. Okay. And. So my my personal low is gonna be uh, that I lost in the fantasy playoffs uh, for for basketball for one of my leagues. Uh, it was a tough loss. I was facing the number one team in our league as the eighth seed, and uh, I got bit by the injury bug, dude. Uh, you know all too well from this league because within the first two weeks you lost your best player um or your your second best player so it, that was like what i needed to like I, I keep my team afloat and then i was just like okay yeah, yeah and then by the last four weeks i was like i'm not i'm not even setting my life yeah i don't blame you i don't blame you um but i will say uh fantasy uh consolation in this league is uh money back so i was good i don't try you didn't know if you were gonna make it to the playoffs i didn't i was so scared because I needed, I needed someone to lose. Because I had lost, I need, I had two matchups left, and I needed, I need to either win my way in, or, uh, because I lost my first matchup, I needed to, uh, lose. If I lost, I needed someone else to lose, and that person lost, and that's how I made it in. So I will w. take it. It's my first w. time play. It's so tough to make playoffs in a, um, in a league that is cat like a category league because of how. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you just don't know. It can swing in so many different ways. It's anybody's game. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I'll take I'll take it going into the playoffs. And and I lost 5-4, too. Uh, so, Close. not a bad loss. Not a bad loss. Yeah. Close. Nice. All right. Well, folks, it's time to dive in to our meat and potatoes. Uh, the topics we're going to be discussing today is uh, the MVP race and why it makes people so angry and the Sacramento Kings. Because we have to give them their props. These guys, who have been out of playoff contention for years, are now the number two seed 
in the NBA. And Shrey, that is worth talking about. That is worth celebrating. So Shrey brought up a couple great points. And we look at the Kings and we say, we ask ourselves, why, why, why are they so successful? We think it's due to a couple different things. The first thing, and Trey was telling me about this off pod, again, is it kind of, I, I, I want to I chalk it down to two players. It's obviously a team game, um, but I think there's two key pinnacles where I, w- I said before they went there, or before one guy went there, I was like, oh, he's going to NBA purgatory. But De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis Sabonis are now the two pillars of this Kings offense, and what they're doing is crazy. This team was not a playoff team last year, Max. And this was a team that we thought last year. Or, that's funny. I remember, I think it was two years ago where I said that they would be a surprise play-in team, correct? Yes, and um, I and laughed I, at Treyas all the way to the bank. Yes, you did. And you were rightfully so because they were horrendous. And then last year, they were a little bit better, right? They they kind of held water for a little bit. And then at the end, they kind of just, you know, fizzled out. Right. And we thought then that they had a decent future having Fox and Halliburton, right? And so now looking at this team post-trade, people thought, okay, the Kings lost. It felt like people thought the Kings lost originally their best player for the future in Tyrese Halliburton. You bring back Sabonis, who is an amazing player. He's a great offensive uh, asset in terms of He's a facilitator at a big man position, which is a premium at that position. He's able to play in the post and score, right? He's an effective post player. Mm-hmm. And he rebounds the ball well, right? He's he's able to uh, to control the ball off the boards, not give up any many offensive rebounds. He's not the greatest defensive player, but so that was like a shortcoming of him. But people thought that, oh, bringing back Sabonis, he's not an outside-in kind of big, right? He's not like... Jokic, who can shoot the three as much, or, you know, Embiid, who started to shoot the three more and be effective at it. He's more but, like a great value version of those, like, transcendent bigs who we're yeah. coming to love in the NBA, right? Like you said, people can shoot, pass, score, and just dominate. But yeah. we've come to find out that he is, like, just that guy. I mean, averaging, he's averaged 12 plus rebounds for the past five seasons, which is crazy. It's yeah, crazy. That's consistency. And talk about his passing. And people, people are praising him as like second best passing big man behind Jokic. I would I mean, what Jokic does is unreal. But DeMontis Sabonis has a great eye and feel for the game. And he gets yeah. a lot of assists and gets his teammates involved. Now, I want to share too. The Sacramento Kings right now have the best offensive rating in the NBA at Insane. 121 points per game. It's oh my God. God, oh my God. When was so the these, last time you said that? <laughs> like, I don't when know. When was the last Shay. time that was said? Like in the early 2000s? Like when they're like, that's the only time I can think of. And also too, they're, they're in front of the next best team, the Golden State Warriors at one, they're at 118 points per game, which is still like crazy. That's a, like three point, like a three point per game is a decent difference. Like is a decent difference, right? Yeah. Field goal percentage, 50%. They're, they're shooting, as a team, 50% from the as field? As a team, 50% from the field. Wow. Their three-point percentage is only 36. So there are things that, to be looked so at. Or no, 36, I'm sorry, a 37. 37. Oh, so that's average. Like, I would say that's like, like, if you're a player and you shoot 37 from the, from the three, 
that's what you're a decent three point shooter. I would take you. Like right. And they have, and that's the thing is like they're so they have the complementary pieces that you think of when you when you want to build a great team, right? Kevin mm-hmm. Herter and Malik Monk and Keegan Murray and like they're all great three point shooters around mm-hmm. a team like with Sabonis that can just they can just drive and kick, drive and kick, drive and exactly. kick. Exactly. Inside, outside basketball, it's a fundamental and it's a staple and it's effective, right? The Kings are also number four this year for assists per game. Interesting. So they're at 27.1 assists per game. So that's that, that's great. Yeah, Again, you, you see team basketball rebounds. They're not so good. They're in the bottom 50%. Um, well, yeah, other than Sabonis, they don't really get them. Their, their, their offense is so fast, right? And here's the thing that uh, a lot of people are talking about, and we can see. They are so fast, and they are so, like, transition and quick bucket focused, yeah. right? It's hard for some teams to keep up with them. If you take, mm, let's say, the Miami Heat, a, an aging, decrepit team, they get run by the Sacramento Kings. Yeah. Same I would thing, say so, like, yeah. Well, I, well, I mean, that's what it is. Like, a team like that, Who's trying to play like you know solid like half court five out action slow pace kind of basketball is now all of a sudden if they miss a shot or get a turnover the Kings the whole team is running yeah and 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 this is where it comes to the second part of why the Kings are so good is De'Aaron Fox and De'Aaron Fox has taken man whatever you thought he would as like I think I think last season. He had an okay season. I don't think he was that. Uh, I didn't. T- I don't think he took a jump from the season before to last season, and people were kind of worried, right? When that Tyrese Halliburton trade happened, people were worried that can Fox actually lead this team in terms of play and leadership, because it felt like he was kind of. Uh, oh, he's middling. He planning, was planning off, right? Like felt like he had reached his We've twenty point per game ceiling. ceiling. Right. And then and then he was kind of at the top of the mountain and then he kind of just keeps going from there. Right. Right. But he took every opportunity that Tyrese Halliburton would have given up. And just ran with it to the moon. Right. You talk about his pace. His pace. He's one of the fastest. He's one of the fastest players, like physically, like speed in the NBA, both with the ball and without the ball. You're talking about if I you're talking about the clutch shooting, right? He's I think he is the best, if not among the top three. In clutch points, in yeah, uh, in the, in the NBA, right? So when yeah. we talk about clutch, clutch, that's time five shooting, minutes, five minutes and less in the yeah. So court. it's five minutes and less within five points or something like that. I think I think he's like yeah. one of the best at it, right? Fourth quarter shoot, fourth quarter points per game. He's among the top. So like every everything that you would want from your star, right? In terms of the next level, is how well can you perform in close games? How well is he? a consistent play that we saw that we probably didn't see as much in the season before is all coming into fruition in this season. And I'm telling you, I've watched some of these, I've watched some of these uh, Kings games and I just look at, I don't know who else I would pick. Like there's not many people I would pick in the fourth quarter. You need a bucket this year. There's not many people I would pick over, uh, but that's something that's something that's crazy to say, right? Because of because of how his past seasons have been, right? It's yeah. it's. I mean, Trey, I we've known De'Aaron Fox to be wildly inconsistent. Yeah, 
right? Like there have been games where he, this man's catching fire. He just he's pulling it up from half court. He's making everything every time he touches the ball. And there have been games where like, oh my God, buddy. Oh my God. But this year he has really honed in. And I want to compare this. I know, you know, our only two clips on YouTube right now is one of them talking about Jalen Hurts. But I want to compare uh, De'Aaron Fox to Jalen Hurts this year in the sense of like, Okay, he's been okay for the past, you know, two, three years, right? Mm -hmm. This year's a big year for essentially his contract, right? We want to test him. We're going to give him the reins. We're going to throw him into the fire, and we want to see how he does. And, man, he showed up. They, yeah. put, they Like you said, they put the cards on the table. They put the chips in the bag. And this guy's, oh, man, he's doing great. And like, I think it also, well, the team composition, too, helps. Yeah, so that def it definitely helps that he has shooters, right? He's always been, like, a decent assist guy. It just feels like his assists on this team with how it's constructed are more effective than past teams, right? They have the weapons that he doesn't have to be the guy that has to play four quarters well, even mm -hmm. though I would say of the seasons he's had, right? This is his sixth season. This is his best in terms of consistent play from quarter one to through quarter four, right? He's been like, it's his best shooting season of his career. He's shooting 51% from the field as a point guard, right? Like it feels like volume shooting from a point guard always is a bad thing. Like they never shoot that well, but to shoot 51% as a point guard is incredible. He's shooting 55%, uh, 50, sorry. He's shooting 58% on two point shots. Mm -hmm. Like, and like, and when we look at his shots, right there, He's shooting mid-range shots. Like, they're not all, like, at the rim. Like, he's not, like, rondoing it, right? Yeah, right. He's shooting mid-rangers. Like, he's, he's really, like, trying to get that, like, DeMar DeRozan thing going. And it's working. Like, he's shooting close to, like, 58% is pretty insane. Mm -hmm. And then when we look at his three-point field goal percentage, it's the best of his career. Obviously, it's not great. Like, he's a 32%, 33% three-point shooter. It's still the best. Uh, sorry, it's the second best of his career. So, still. I, I would say, I would say that... But Everything when other things that have improved, that jump. Yeah. And he's, it's his best free throw shooting season of his career, right? Like, it's his best rebounding uh, season of his career. It's just like, and he's also already a good defensive player, right? Like, that was something he's been consistent at, like, was his steal rate and his ability to play passing lanes. And that's why right. he's so fast and getting transitions, right? So I just think the other stuff was like, uh, last year was like, uh, I don't, I didn't really see it. Like, he went down in points per game from, uh, the year before to last year, and then uh, yeah, but straight even even if we're not looking at advanced metrics, like I, I want to go back to like the basics of the eye test. He wasn't he wasn't playing like that that well. Where I would have had predicted him to be an all star this year, right? Yeah, yeah. Like you said, ceiling is what we saw. So Fox, I mean that's a huge difference too. But also like additions of Malik Monk. Malik Monk's huge for that team, man. Yeah. That, that guy's game, a certified. Yeah, like the forty, he can go off for any. Like he went, he had forty something uh, a couple weeks ago. Like, but and you're right, he's a bench guy. Also, Kevin Herter, who my dad loves for some reason, uh, and I've always <laughs> been like, you know, crapping on him for it. I'm like, oh, there's your boy now. Two points, six turnovers. You know what I mean? Kevin Herter, especially in these past what four or five games, guy's been nutty. Yeah. nutty and just to have him you know hit his stride and be consistent and again these guys are getting hot right in time for the playoffs yeah they're getting yeah. hot right in time for the playoffs it's a series of seven man you beat them once okay they're not gonna let you beat them I, man Shay, that's that's insane to me to say to think that the, the kings have the potential for like a nice little playoff run 
This year is wild. That's crazy. Okay, so if the um if the playoffs started today, right? And say and say play in uh kept the same seven and eight seed. The Kings would play the Timberwolves. Who do you like in that matchup? Bro. Come on. Yeah, right? So they they could they easily could get past round one, right? When we talk about the playing playing teams too, it's Timberwolves, Mavericks, Jazz, Thunder. I I think they have a shot at winning even the Mavericks, like even if Luca's healthy and it's Luca and Kyrie. I don't know. Like, I feel like the way that the, the Mavericks are playing, the Kings would beat them. Like, I think they're a round two type of team this year. Well, Shrey, all right, let's let's say everything goes according to plan, right? Top four beats bottom four. Mm-hmm. I would have the Kings having a great series against Grizzlies, Suns. Nuggets, I think, are a little bit tougher right now because uh, actually Nuggets are on a three-game losing streak. doesn't matter. They're still a good team, and playoff Jokic is dirty. Any of those top four teams, even if they played the Clippers or Warriors, yeah, like you said, I think they could make a nice little run in the second round. Yeah. That's crazy to think about. That is I, crazy to think about. So, oh, man, yeah. They're, they're, they get the praise. They get the amateur hour stamp of approval for this week because they yeah. are – man. They're, and also, I think about that too. I, having to guard De'Aaron Fox is like that's, – that's a nightmare. Having to guard Sabonis – that man, it, that man is physical, right? It's right. You brought mm-hmm. up a point. You're like, oh, we're thinking about this kind of player is like phasing out a physical big man. Dude, no, not him. I, I watch well, it, it. You, the hits it that works. he gives on guys with his elbows and his like yeah. back and his, his post ability. Ugh. It Gross. works because his his skill set isn't just that he's a he's scorer. backing you down, right? He's he's like like he can he he's like a triple threat once he gets into the post. He could score, right? Like he's a good he's a good post player, but you still have to watch out for the pass too. And if you have, and that's why you have to find that right build, because if he's if if he's ready and you don't have the players around him, like he did in kind of in Indiana, right? Where they didn't really put good shooters around him or um. Well, I mean, they had who- Malcolm Brogdon, they had Miles Turner. Yeah, but Malcolm Brogdon was their, I would say their. Uh, yeah, I would say, I would say so, but that's, I would say he's not considered like, yeah, I what know. I would say I like a spot he's up not shooter. A, he's, not a vol- he's not a volume shooter. He's just, he's, he's the primary, yeah. he's the point guard, right? So a, a lot of the plays are going through him as well. I'm right. talking about like, who are your others, right? I was like, Shaq would say, who are your others? Who are your spot up guys? Who are the guys that when you need, when, when you're getting double teamed, who are you passing out to? If Malcolm Brogdon was the only player. That's what happened. That's what happens in Indiana. He's the only guy you can really pass out to and expect he'll make a shot, whether it's a two or a three. But with the Kings, you got you got a, a bunch of guys. You got at least three three guys that I would be comfortable taking a shot from the first to the third quarter, right? Mm-hmm. And then the fourth quarter, you get your big guns to come in and take the game. So yeah, that's the that's the thing. I think that they're constructed really well, and I give them props for that. Exactly. Light the beam, baby. Light, Light the, the beam. beam. Yes. Light sir. the beam. <laughs> All right. All right, Trey. Lightning round. I need your fantasy picks for this week. Okay. I'm gonna have to go with Trey Murphy as my first one. He had a really big game uh the other day. I wanna go second. I'm gonna go uh Delon Wright. Monte Morris out Delon Wright in. I really like him. And the third one, 
I'm going to go with Hmm, I'm going to go with uh I'll keep I'll keep Xavier Tillman in. Uh I like I like the way he's playing. He can give you steals and blocks. Okay. I'm going THT, Taylor Horton Tucker, Utah Jazz. Um I'm going Austin Reeves, LeBron's prodigy, LA Lakers. Mm-hmm. And I'm going uh Kyle Anderson, Slowpoke, Slowmo, whatever Slow-mo. it is. Slowmo, he said Slowpoke. <laughs> Slowmo. Um <laughs> I'm going him too. So slow, slow bro, slow bro, Pokemon slow bro, race. whatever it is. Yeah, <laughs> that guy. All right, Trey. Uh, for our other meat and potatoes, we've got the MVP race, which this year to me feels incredibly like tight and hot. Oh, super tight. Yeah, super tight. Well, this number one spot, man, it, it seems kind of locked up, but everything below that for consideration is pretty flexible. Mm-hmm. So number one, as most people know, Nikola Jokic, and this guy is on the wake of his third a three p for mvp that's crazy for instance jordan right i think that's, fr- yeah. yeah but below that joel Embiid, heck of a year man Giannis, heck of a year harden surprisingly heck of a year when you look at his shooting um his assist numbers are crazy mm-hmm. luca jason tatum who was a lot better at the start of the year kind of having some struggles right now but still having a great year great year yeah. Sabonis is in the top 10 Dame Shea Gilgis the fact that he's in the conversation is nutty to me which I, I'm not knocking that but that's that's crazy that an OKC player especially Shea Gilgis is going off and then I guess Jimmy Butler's number 10 I don't really agree with that one but you got to put somebody there <laughs> you, you got to put somebody there right yeah um yeah. That top three race, I mean, we've seen Luka in it. We've seen Giannis. We've seen Tatum. You know, Embiid, Jokic, the spots are changing. I mean, Jason Tatum was number one for a little bit. But Jokic, why are, why are people getting so mad about this? I, I Honestly, my take on this whole MVP conversation that's been happening in the media is that I don't, I don't really get how people are so fixated on... I feel like the MVP race is more about people's opinion on the award than the actual player. Like mm. they 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 have this like ultimate realization for the award and I don't think they really appreciate what the players are doing and <sighs> that they re- like you know what I mean like they just it's just more that they want to be right versus they right. really care about the player that wins because for me if if Embiid won this year, I'm not going to go around making a fuss about it. Like I think Embiid is worthy of an MVP award. I think he was worthy of the last one too. Like, obviously, when you're part of the conversation, like, I don't know, realize, I, I don't really think that there should be like something to be angry about if somebody gets it and somebody doesn't. Obviously, I think Jokic is, is an unreal talent, right? There are so many times where people should have won awards that maybe they didn't and someone else got them, right? But then you look at how that season for that player wasn't was there like what their impact on that season was. Why like Rudy Gobert winning DPOY every year? Okay, Okay, there you go. (laughs) No, seriously, like the last two, I was like, "Mm, okay, right. Right, but like, there's so many worthy candidates, right? Is what I'm trying to say. Is like, right. when you get to a point where you're like, Ru- Rudy Gobert is winning a, a a bunch, then you're then you're like, okay, well, there's a lot of other worthy candidates too. And this is not a knock on on Jokic or anything. I'm just I'm talking more about the perception of the award. And 
why people get so angry that one person has an opinion about it and uh about one player being the mvp and another player has like no and then and then that they both can't be right like it's either like why can't why can't two people be right about why a player should be an mvp i don't get that uh yeah i well i I guess then it gets into like philosophy what is right (laughs) what is an opinion why are we truly here i mean you know I just I think about these things. It keeps me up at night. No, no, but I, but I, I, I get what I you're I saying. I just went into a transcendental state. It's also yeah, but it's also tough too. Straight. It's like I, I, it goes. It goes to me. There's there's that part of it. It's like, well, how much does team winning impact the the most valuable player? I I don't think it should. It should be individual stats because da 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 da. Right. There is that. That is that is a big conversation. It's a that, big like, conversation. So some people think team winning should have no impact. Some people think it needs to be considered. I'm kind of in camp where I think it needs to be considered, right? Like if you're going off, like if you put, dude, it's a it's a Shea Gilgis example for me, right? Mm-hmm. He's going off. He is dirty. He has won a bunch of games. He's making an impact on his team. This team still isn't winning. Is that necessarily mm-hmm. his fault or, you know, as a result of him? Either way, I don't know. I'm not going to say that he's the most important player this season. Because of because of his team record. So yeah, right? so there. Like I think like when we talk about the eye test, I think that's where that comes in in terms of winning. Is like you want to see players be rewarded for the actual like because when we t- when we talk about like empirical metrics, like winning is the easiest one to go off of. Like right. that is that is a stat that people you either won that game or you lost that game. Right. Like it's binary. So to 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 have a player that deals with that, that results in the wins, right. And more of them that makes them, it, it makes them feel more important in that conversation. And that's like more of an eye testing. I don't know how people can say that doesn't make a difference. Well, in yeah. Conversation. And, well, right. And you put it, you put a good player on a bad team, right? I'm thinking like Harden rockets, right? There was, mm-hmm. there was like a couple years in there where man, he had like nobody on there, but he's James Harden. Even as yeah. MVP, right? Like that. Well, well, let's talk about what about the Westbrook year where Westbrook had the triple double and that team had nothing around him right, and he got him to I'm the saying. eight seed. He got him to the eight seed, right? Like if he had, if that team didn't make the uh, or wasn't playoff, in the playoff play, contention yeah. or or was like, I don't know, like eleventh or twelfth, right? And like stayed there, I don't know if he would have gotten the same buzz right it was that that he kind of kept him contending i think people really liked that the triple double was happening and that was like the big the big well that's that's also tough to do but that's kind of that that's what like Jokic is doing right now exactly and another okay so then there's another conversation about Jokic, and that people talk about uh the argument that his team is better now as it's been as it's gotten healthier and that he won the last two years because he was taking him to like the fourth or fifth place uh, without Murray, without Michael Porter Jr. And that, and that, that was like a big feat. Right. And, and it was, and he was amazing in that he kept him afloat in the top four or five by himself, but that now he has everyone around him. Does he deserve the same credit? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to make an opinion. I'm trying to ask you the question of like, does he deserve the same credit? I'm trying to play devil's advocate of that. What do you think about that argument? Well, his assist numbers definitely went up having a healthier team. Right. I would say so. That's that's stats. Yeah. 
I don't know. You have to look at that. Well, you, you've said this to me before. It's like you have to look at it not as like, oh, well, how is he compared to everybody else? But if you're going for a three-peat, like, has he gotten much better? I don't know. You got to go. Yeah. Yeah. Is he better than also, himself from last year? Yeah. Is he better than himself? I, I, I mean, his, assist, his points numbers are down. His rebounds are down a little bit. But his assists are up. And the Steals wins are, are about the same. The wins are up. Yeah. They're, they're number one. So, like, that's what I'm saying is, like, I think it's a tight race. And if Jokic wins, and without that I'd play, be happy with, for him. Well, and without, but if Embiid wins, I'd be happy for Embiid. Like Embiid is having an amazing season as well. At, yeah. Like, how can you really compare what they're doing? They're they play different roles on their team, too. Like they both impact winning, and they play different roles, right? Embiid is not the best assist game. Like you but know, he's, he's not the best dominant, bro. He's but he's dominant. so dominant, and he's so clutch. And if you think, if you look at how many. I don't know how many like I know we're in like a highlight driven league uh, at this point. But like if you look at how many like clutch shots he has, right, I like how many game winning shots, game tying, like in the situation, who do you want to give the ball to? They don't give it to Harden, dude. There are times that if you're in Houston, that's all you do. You give it to Harden. Who like, you know, what I mean, like just have him chuck and whatever happens. <laughs> on a team with Harden and Embiid, they give it to Embiid. I think that's insane. Like, like that's in, not even insane. Like, that's an insane good thing. That's a good thing quality yeah. about him. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. how much they trust him, right? With and and the same thing they would do for uh, for Jokic, but like Jokic doesn't have a, a Jokic is the guy a making complimentary the piece like does. Harden does, right? right. And and Jokic, like, well, you could argue no, Jamal Murray's not the same as he was. He's not no, but what I'm saying is like, uh, Harden is not like Embiid has Harden. Jokic does not have someone else, so obviously he's going to get the ball. But I'm saying it's an it's it's a boost for Embiid because on a team with Harden, he gets the ball on the last on the last shot, no uh, matter where it is. Right. Three because pointer, there's two another pointer. star, right? There's, there's another, another star, and he gets race. the ball, right. right? So I think I think that's a boost too. Like so, that's what I'm saying is like why why are people so angry about if Embiid wins or if if Jokic wins? Like I think either of them should be MVP. If they could do a co MVP, they should do that. Like. Like that's what I think. I think they they're having amazing seasons. I think they're having as good seasons as they did last year. They just play different roles for their team. Right. Yeah. Jokic is making the pass to the clutch shot. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he's still clutch though. He's had some he's still making the clutch shot. No. Yeah. But he, he but he's he's that guy. I'm saying. But I'm also saying that he doesn't have a he doesn't have a a, a co partner or whatever you'd say like as star worthy as Harden as Harden is. And yeah. so maybe that yeah, helps right. him no, and that's what that... I was saying before is that Jamal Murray is not the same as he was. It's obviously exactly. not Aaron yeah, Gordon. Yeah, too. Yeah. It's not Michael Porter Jr. Yeah. Oh my right. god, yeah. he's gotten so much worse, right? When people talk about I think people are overrating that too that when they talk about health and they say Michael Porter Jr.'s name, a, a couple of years ago I would have said, "Wow, yeah, he's going to be like a 20 point per game player." Like he's going to be like a 20 and 5 guy. He has size. He's what? Like 6'8, six, 6'9. And nuggets, he can nuggets shoot threes. Up by him. And I, yeah, I was like, wow, that like he's going to be an amazing player. But after the injury, he just keeps getting injured. Like he obviously had injuries history coming out of college, right, with the lower back issue, and that was an issue. But he's just not uh, assertive. You're not that enough. guy. You're not that. He's guy not assertive though. enough. You're not that he guy doesn't. What does he do to like assert his dominance? Well, hey, 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 he did posterize Zach Collins the other day. 
and they both got suspended for a game after an altercation. <laughs> yeah, <I wanna. laughs> he throws yeah, to Zach Collins. Zach Collins comes up to him, tries to start a fight. Michael Porter Jr. briefly chokes him out, and then they both get suspended. And, and but Matt, that's on Zach I, Collins, though, actually. You know what? That should have been – if I had lows this week, that's what it would have been. Zach Collins? It would have been Zach Collins because if you get dunked on, every Hooper knows this. Every Hooper knows this. If you get dunked on, yeah. you have to look down at the ground and walk back. If you get posterized and crucified and baptized at the rim, you can't say a thing. Mm. You just got yammed on, dog. Maybe like, the next that's play, the, that's the, for the, that the, play, the, that's it. The Chris Dudley, Shaq Chris Dudley dunk, right? Where Shaq like he threw the ball, he threw the ball at him. That's the weakest. The, he, but but Shaq but Shaq did the you saw the Shaq did the little push. Shaq did a little push and he came and he chucked the ball at his, his back. Listen, yeah. different time, different time. <laughs> different it's the same thing. You can't like you just got you just got posterized. You can't say anything. You just have to hang your head and run back. Yeah, or sub out. Yeah, <laughs> can't call for the meeting. I can't take this anymore. <laughs> pull me. Pull me, I'm coming out. I'm coming out. He's like, quick, before they develop the pictures, I gotta get out of <laughs> They're already they're already in the dark room. They're like, we've almost yeah. got these babies. <laughs> Hang them up. Let them dry. Oh man. Oh, oh yeah. man. Yes, yeah, well, no, but uh Shay, it'll it's gonna be great, interesting to see. Yeah. Uh, kind of who does get the MVP because I agree with you. It doesn't I, I, I think they both are worthy of it. Yeah. Um I think you know, I think they both are phenomenal seasons. Phenomenal seasons. They're both impact winning uh, at the highest level. I would say of the of the top three, wh- who's the third Max that you read off? Giannis. Giannis. Oh man, dude, they're having a good season too, and he's at the top. I, I to would me, say though, me, I would MB, say though, he's MB's. having. He, I would say of the three, Giannis is having a little bit worse of a season, um, just in terms of. Uh, He's had some bad shooting games um, as a player that shouldn't really have bad shooting games. He also and gets away with a lot. He gets away with a lot. It feels like his free throws percentage is not getting. Yeah. And then and then it feels like he the team winning has a lot to do with him on on many nights. And I would say that he should be in the conversation. He's likely to be the third player in the three. But that Drew Holiday has the same effect on the winning as, as good of an effect on the winning that Brooke Lopez has a good as uh, as good of an effect on the winning in terms of the regular season, right? Like once it gets into the playoffs, though, like Giannis is a different animal, and I trust him to to get through the first couple. Hey, rounds. I'm, I'm ignoring that. Yeah, I'm ignoring that. Your comments yeah. been deleted. No, but I because because straight <laughs> to me. No, no, I I think you bring up great points, but to me. He's a, like you said. He's a step below. He's he's slightly he's, just he's for this year. Guard. Just for this year. He's, he's a shade lower. Yeah. Then this year, then then Embiid and in, in um I would say so. Lucas. I would say so. Is there? I mean, man, that 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 is, that is Titans. Titans. Man, they yeah, man. <laughs> I, I every time Embiid gets the ball, every time Jokic gets the ball, as an opponent watching, as an opponent, like say if the Celtics were playing them, I'm afraid because I, like you know what I mean. Like it's just it's just the fear that they can shoot from anywhere, they can make the play from anywhere, and they're gonna make the right play. Like every time Embiid goes for a mid range jumper, I'm all I already say, oh my god! I oh, that's the that's literally I'm like, oh god! Like they because li- it's going in, dude. I I don't remember the last time this guy made uh, missed a a mid range like I would say like a ten footer. It's just it's just so water, dude. It's insane. It's sniper, insane. Yeah, sniper in the building. Going. Sniper <laughs> in the building. 
All right. I, we could keep going. We could keep talking about these guys. Yeah, and just exactly. just uh putting the crowns on their heads because they are they are that they are that dominant and yeah. transcendent is the word I'm looking for. All yes. right, folks. Well, that's going to wrap it up for today. You've been listening to another episode of Amateur Hour, a professional sports podcast by people who have never played professional sports. I am one of your hosts, Max, along with your other host, Shreyas. And we will see you next time. Peace.